Chapel Hill police, first of all, are asking for your help as they search for a missing woman, 62-year-old Jennifer Parsons, last seen around 6.30 yesterday morning near Scarlet Drive and Garden Street. There's a photo of Parsons on our website, chapelboro.com. If you have any information, call 911 or contact the Chapel Hill PD directly. Now we turn to our possible top story of the day. This has not been officially confirmed yet, but reporter David Jesse of the Chronicle for Higher Education tweeted yesterday that UNC Chancellor Kevin Guskowitz has apparently accepted an offer to leave Chapel Hill and take over as president at Michigan State University. No other confirmation beyond that one tweet so far, so we'll keep you posted if and when we get additional news today. But Jesse says MSU would make the announcement official at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning still in development though. Our other top story is in development news, big development news out of Pittsburgh, where the Walt Disney Company has entered the building push around Chatham Park. Yesterday, Disney announced plans to bring a new housing community called Asteria to Chatham Park by the end of the decade, part of a new initiative called Story of Living by Disney that's building massive planned communities staffed and managed by Disney cast members. Asteria will include more than 4,000 residential units, a mix of single and multifamily homes, plus senior housing. The plan was announced yesterday, but the reality is still a few years away. Disney's expecting to begin selling houses in 2027. Over to Carborough now, where Barbara Fushi officially took the oath of office Tuesday to become the town's new mayor, and Catherine Frey and Jason Merrill stepped onto the board to replace Sammy Slade and Susan Romaine. 97.9 on the Hills, Brighton McConnell has more on the swearing in, and the new town council's first big decision. Discharge the duties of my office of my office as mayor for the town of Carver as mayor for the town of Carver. So help me God. So help me God. <laughs> Congratulations. The Carver Town Hall was packed with family, friends and community leaders to see that swearing in of Barbara Fushi. After taking the oath administered by U.S. Representative Valerie Fushi, the six year council member ascended to Carver mayor a title held only by one other person of color in the town's history. Robert Drakeford served six years as mayor in the 1970s and 80s, the first black man in the role. And Fushi said the, quote, magnitude of this moment was not lost on her as the first black woman to hold the office. In her opening remarks, Fushi pledged to lead with the strength of her moral compass, ability to listen, and commitment to serve those in the community. You know, I'm bold enough to know that we can do more together as we continue to make room at the table for everyone. I want the doors of this community to be wide open for all who want to live here, work here, and play here. This council will be about accountability, transparency, fairness, and responsibility to the community that it serves. Everyone realizes these are all keys to good governance. Eliezer Posada's swearing in for his first full term advanced his own history as he continues to be the first openly gay Latino elected official in the state. Meanwhile, first-time Councilmember Catherine Frey also became the first non-binary person elected to office in North Carolina. After taking the oath, Frey shared a story about falling in love with the people who make Carborough's community special acknowledging they create its unique character while also challenging it to continue moving forward. It's this beautiful tapestry of a town of all of us right now getting out and pulling in one direction and pushing in another and working together to make Carborough the strange little place it is. With Fushi's election, though, came a subsequent decision by the Carborough Council. Since Fushi was re-elected to her seat in 2021, 
two years remain in its term. According to Carborough's charter, that allowed the council members to choose between holding a special election to fill the seat or appointing someone to the role. On Tuesday, the council ultimately approved a special election to be held next November to fill the seat for one year, saying aligning it with the 2024 primaries would be too quick of a turnaround since the cycle now begins in March instead of May. The six-person council will now be on break until the new calendar year, reconvening on Tuesday, January 9th. For photos of the swearing-in ceremony, visit chapelboro.com. For 97.9 The Hill, I'm Brighton McConnell. Meanwhile, the filing period is ongoing now for candidates who want to run for office next year. Yesterday, two more residents filed to run for Orange County School Board, incumbent Bonnie Hauser and challenger Kevin Alston, bringing the total to seven candidates in the race for three open seats. Across the state, observers say there's been a spike in interest among residents who usually would not consider throwing their hats in the ring. Democratic State House Minority Leader Robert Reeves of Chatham County told 97.9 The Hill he thinks that's because North Carolinians are waking up to the serious issues we're facing and the less than ideal ways in which today's elected officials are handling them. There are lots of small items that have built up to build this uh, at a national level, McCarthy being deposed as speaker. I think that caught people's attention. You know, it, it went from, hey, you know, this is just a normal Washington dysfunction to, hey, this is serious. You know, you got two wars going on on two different fronts and then all of a sudden uh, we're rudderless in Congress. I think that uh, at a state level, it has been very interesting how serious uh, the situation with the casino vote has gone. Another issue that's become huge has been affordable housing. And then, of course, there's the overarching concern about our democracy as a whole. I mean, I think people are really worried of the direction that we're heading when it comes down to that. So all those factors are going into seeing more activity from people who have normally not been involved in politics. And State House Minority Leader Robert Reeves speaking there. Turning to health news, respiratory disease numbers are ticking up across the state as we head into the winter months. State Health Department reports an increase in COVID hospitalizations and COVID particles found in wastewater last week. Two more people died of the flu last week as well, bringing the total to nine so far this season. And RSV cases are also on the rise. WNCN reports the UNC Children's Hospital is nearing capacity with RSV cases and the pediatric ICU is already full. Health experts are continuing to urge everyone to take basic precautions, including staying up to date on all your vaccines. In other state news, a couple positive developments for North Carolina. The U.S. Department of Transportation this week signed off on a $1 billion grant to pay for a new high-speed passenger rail line connecting Raleigh and Richmond, part of a larger plan to build a southeast corridor line down from Washington, D.C. WRAL reports the official DOT announcement will come tomorrow. WRAL also reporting some good news in the schools. New numbers from state education officials show an uptick in start-of-the-year reading test scores among K-3 through graders. Across North, Carolina, uh, across North Carolina, though kindergartners in particular are still below the national average. Finally, big congratulations to the Chapel Hill restaurant Bombalo, located at the intersection of MLK Boulevard and Hillsborough Street. It's been open for less than a year, but the restaurant just got named by Eater Carolina's magazine as the North Carolina Restaurant of the Year. 
We turn now to sports, brought to this hour by Rosewood Wealth Management. Carolina women's basketball had been riding a three-game losing streak, but that came to an end last night with an 81-66 win over UNC Greensboro. Lexi Donarski led the way with 22 points, including 6 of 8 shooting from three-point range. Great game for her. Five other Tar Heels hit double figures, and UNC shot 52% from the floor, its best shooting percentage of the season. Tar Heels are back in action this Sunday, taking on 17th-ranked UConn in the Hall of Fame Women's Showcase in Connecticut. UNC men's basketball is still nine days away from their next game, taking on 16th-ranked Kentucky in Atlanta on December 16th in the CBS Sports Classic. That is one of four ranked opponents UNC is going to be facing in a five-game stretch. Here's head coach Hubert Davis on that schedule. I can't remember a time where there hasn't been challenges for the University of North Carolina men's basketball program. I, I just don't remember a time. I remember when I played here and we played everybody. As an assistant coach, we played everybody. And so this isn't uncharacteristic of what Carolina men's basketball does. And so it's great to have, be able to play teams like Tennessee and Arkansas and Villanova. And the only difference is, is playing a conference opponent this early. That's something that is just relatively new. But in terms of playing a challenging schedule and playing against some of the better teams in the country, To my knowledge, that's what Carolina has done since I can remember Carolina being Carolina. And said Coach Hubert Davis there. Elsewhere in sports, big congrats to Tar Heel football star Omarion Hampton, just named a second-team All-American by CBS Sports after racking up over 1,400 rushing yards and 15 touchdowns this season. Congrats also to UNC field hockey stars Sietsky Bruning, Riley Heck, and Charlie Bruder, all named to the All-South Region first team by the National Field Hockey Coaches Association. And congrats to all Carolina student-athletes for hitting another school record in graduation rates as measured by by the NCAA. According to the latest graduation success rates, 92% of Tar Heel athletes who came in between 2013 and 2016 either graduated within six years or left with good academic standing to pursue other professional or academic opportunities. 11 UNC teams had perfect 100% marks, including women's basketball, women's lacrosse, women's soccer, and gymnastics for the 19th straight year. And finally, in hockey, the Carolina Hurricanes gave up two goals in the first minute and lost at Edmonton last night, 6-2. Canes are back in action tonight down the road in Calgary, starting at 9.